Hey everybody, welcome back to the Cards on the Table MMA podcast. This week's episode is going to be a banger because A, we only have probably two or three episodes left this year. You're starting to wind down. Our last UFC card is going to be this Saturday. Or no, it's actually going to start on Friday at 1 or 11 p.m., I believe. So yeah, good luck catching that one. But we'll review that later. We have an amazing event to cover in UFC 245. Probably my favorite one of the year, just because top to bottom, all the fights were extremely exciting, the ones I watched. There were only a few decisions, and even those were just incredible, incredible fun. So, yeah, let's just let's just jump into it. We'll start with the prelims here. A couple good fights. Um, the prelims had so many knockouts that they actually replayed Chase Hooper versus David Tamer. But the first fight I watched on this card was Brandon Moreno versus Kaikara France at flyweight here. And Kaikara, man, he just doesn't have it. Kaikara France just doesn't have the volume or something to really make it to this top level. Um, it, Moreno is obviously a great fighter, though. There's no shame in losing to him. But he was throwing a ton of head kicks. I would not be surprised if Kaikara France did not have a broken arm because he just kept blocking him with one arm. Um, Moreno had lots of pressure, and yet deserved the win by unanimous decision. Again, fun fight, though, because it was a flyweight fight. Flyweight fights are always fun. Then you had Chase Hooper versus David Tamer. Uh, again, this is the fight they replayed. Chase Hooper, I think, was coming off the Dana White Contender Series. Striking was not looking great, but he looked really good on the ground. Just super slick got the back and secured the rain air could choke and Tamer somehow survived. I mean, that thing was in. He was must have been doing like the, you know, people say to flex your neck. That's what he must have been doing because his face was purple. His eyes were bulging. His veins were bulging and somehow survived. And then he, then Tamer or Hooper got to a mountain triangle and just round and pounded him for a round one TKO. And I believe that's his first one in the UFC. And I think he's 20, which is insane. He's a featherweight to look out for, for sure. Then you had Matt Brown versus Ben Saunders. Uh, a battle of the old guys here. Um, Saunders got in a deep triangle attempt in the first round, I think twice. And that was kind of the story of the first round. But Brown just kind of stayed relaxed, leaned into the choke, didn't let Saunders extend the hips. And Saunders eventually tried to transition to an armbar. I'm assuming when his legs got tired. But Matt got out, and obviously the second round started off on the feet, and Brown looked way better, way more competent on the feet. Landed a clean head kick, or partially blocked rather, but those still do a lot of damage. And then he landed his signature elbows, and Brown was doing a nice job of catching kicks, and he got a trip off of it, and finishes it with his signature ground and pound. And really accurate ground and pound as well. Really satisfying to see that. So he gets the win in the second round by TKO. Then we had Ian Heinish versus Omari Akhmedov. Pretty even fight here. Heinish was showing some good um, wrestling escapes. Dropping his hips to the mat and turning. Um, he grand be rolled to get out of the body lock. It's a really fun fight to watch. Akhmedov though won the striking. And probably did better in the grappling. I don't know. I only watched this fight once. But... He definitely slowed down in the end, but did enough. 
Akhmadov did to get the unanimous decision. Again, this was a fun fight. Akhmadov's left hook was landing consistently. Um, you had Ketlin Vieira versus Irene Aldana. And this was a fun fight. Vieira was showing just wild, wild hooks. And Aldana <laughs> landed a massive left hook. Showed some nice footwork too to stay off the fence under pressure. And yeah, that left hook, oh, beautiful. Knocked her out cold, less than 15 seconds left in the first round. Just boom, right on the chin. The return of left hook Larry, baby. Left hook Larry. And yeah, she seemed really grateful on the mic. So she's someone to look out for. She's probably a fight away from a title shot. And again, we'll talk about Amanda Nunes. Looked beatable. She definitely looked beatable. Um, then we have Jeff Neal versus Mike Perry. I was so hyped for this fight. But honestly, I didn't know much about Nef Jeff Neal. And he looked really, really good. He was patient, bounced around at range, let himself be pressured a little bit, and then landed a clean left head kick. They were in open stance, so the left head kick was there, and then got the finish. Beautiful. And he was setting it up nicely as well, to go into the body early. And yeah, him versus, a lot of people are calling for him versus Ponzinibbio when slash if Ponzinibbio is coming back. I believe he had a staph infection, though, and he's letting that recover, so that's good. And versus Wonder Boy or Luke, I think, would would be a great fight. And anyone fighting Mike Perry would be fun. It just sucked because he'd never been stopped, apparently. But it was bound to happen, and losing to Jeff Neal is no shame. So that's going to wrap up the prelims, <laughs> which, man, what a great prelim round. Those were all so fun to watch. Best knockout was definitely Irene Aldana. Just beautiful, clean left hook that knocked her out cold. Loved watching that. Especially because she was fighting the number two as the number 10 contender. Incredible. So yeah, moving on to the main card. First fight you had Petter Jan versus Uriah Faber. And Faber didn't look bad, per se. But... Jan looked incredible. His striking defense is genuinely some of the best I have seen. Um, everything Faber was throwing was hitting the guard, or Jan was rolling with it, or he was doing both. Just incredible. And he was smiling the whole time. You got the sense he was kind of playing with his prey. In the second round, he landed a huge clinch elbow that dropped Flavor and sort of opened up. Not opened up, but he had a huge hematoma under his eye or sort of next to his eye, they let him continue because it wasn't directly on the orbital bone. And Jan just looked better everywhere. He has better wrestling, far better striking. He, some of his best punches came in the clinch off of Faber going for single legs. Just incredible. Kept the pressure the whole time, as he always does. And he got the KO with a head kick after breaking the clinch. So, beautiful. Can't wait for Jan's next fight. Still still doesn't feel right giving him a title shot, especially because Cejudo still has to defend his uh his flyweight belt. And honestly, I just like to see Cejudo stripped. I believe he's nursing injuries. I say just strip him because he's going to want six months off after if he does defend the flyweight belt against Joey B, who's just been waiting and waiting. But yeah, I, just, I really want to see the double champ just erased from memory we can all move on and just forget um then we had marlon Moraes versus jose aldo again at bantamweight and they were saying in jose aldo's walkout 
that he's never used a nutritionist before, which is just insane to me. Because if your if your cut is hard to 145, everyone was saying that it was. Why would you not use a nutritionist? That just seems so stupid and irresponsible to your own health. Anyway, um, Marlon in the first 15 seconds landed a clean switch head kick, and Jose Aldo just ate it, which was that really sort of cemented Jose Aldo was like, okay. He's still here. He looks pretty good. He doesn't look that much smaller. So his chin is still there. The cut isn't going to affect him too much. He actually hurt Moraes later with some right hands, but Moraes gets a nice takedown to finish the fight. And oh, Joe, Joe Rogan, man, on commentary is brutal. He, so Moraes got the takedown right with like 10 seconds left in the first round and took a few seconds to get up because, you know, tough first round. And Joe, for the rest of the fight, talked about how gassed he was based solely on the fact of how he t was slower to get up when really Aldo was the one slowing down because Murray's threw more volume here. Aldo was pressuring, and that does take energy, doing a good job of cage cutting, but he wasn't throwing, especially in the third round. And he was working the body nicely, though, which I really like to see. Um... Maurice's volume did drop a little bit in the second round, although I think definitely won the second round. Um, and I thought he was actually trying to make a bit of a statement here because it's been a criticism for as long as he's been champ and since he's lost the belt, especially in the Volkanovski fight, that he doesn't throw enough volume here. But again, in the third round, he wasn't throwing enough. He just wasn't. Um, Aldo apparently landed more in the third round still. But Moraes' strikes were doing far more damage. I thought it was probably Aldo's fight, but Moraes got the split decision. I think just the damage probably did enough here. And then we get to the three title fights here. We had Amanda Nunes versus Jorinda Randomy, women's bantamweight to start it off. And I think we should start calling Amanda Amanda Nunica Medoff because she was wrestling. She got seven or eight takedowns. I forget which one. Got the women's title fight record, apparently. Um, but what worried me in this fight, not worried me necessarily, but as a Amanda Nunes fan, it did worry me, that she was losing the striking battle pretty pretty substantially. Um, I think she was really struggling. Jorinda Randomi is really tall. I think she's 5'10". And Nunes was really struggling with the range here. Um, and she, I think that's why she was going for takedowns. And I think it was in the third round. She got hit with a really nasty up kick. It looked like she didn't really have a game plan to just throw the legs aside and strike. I don't really know what she was doing to try to get past the leg to the up kicks. And it is hard, especially because Drainer Enemy has really long legs. But yeah, she got hit with a nasty up kick. That seemed to put her out for a second almost. Um, but she recovered and got to half guard. But yeah, good for Amanda Nunes getting the defense. Going through adversity, ate some clean, clean punches. But Jorinda Randomy looked pretty good in this fight, especially on the feet, but just had zero, zero takedown defense. It was really frustrating. Just Amanda Nunes was literally just ducking under strikes and power doubling. And I think she got one takedown or two takedowns off the fence, but super lackluster um, striking defense. Or striking defense was fine, but the wrestling defense was terrible so yeah good for Nunes exploiting that weakness in Duranami's game um I think she might have been focusing too much on the takedown again I don't want to speculate in psychological things but 
Yeah, DC was talking about her wrestling isn't great either, but it was good enough to get the takedown against Durandamy. Um, then you had Holloway versus Volkanovski. Oh, man, I was so sad about this fight because I'm such a big Holloway fan. Obviously, the featherweight title here. But Volkanovski, what an amazing game plan. Um, City Kickboxing is on fire. Obviously, Kaikara France lost this fight earlier. He also trains at City Kickboxing, but they have Dan Hooker, Israel Adesanya, just so many high-end fighters that seemingly came out of nowhere in this last in these last few years. But the story of this fight was Volkanovski's leg kicks. Um, in the first few rounds, Holloway looked to counter those leg kicks with strikes, just similar to how, what he did against Aldo and a few of his other opponents who tried to leg kick him. But Volkanovski was intelligent and that probably athletic enough, I guess was the main thing here, to avoid the counters, which allowed him to keep going to the well with the leg kicks and avoiding using good enough footwork to avoid the pressure, good enough escapes off the fence. But I think he landed something like 75 leg kicks in this fight. And Holloway, in, in the second and third round, was forced to switch stances. And his striking defense really isn't as good. I think in the Ortega fight, it sort of got overstated how good he was from both stances. Um, just because he was fighting Ortega, who does not have the best stand-up. He's good stand-up, but not the best. And yeah, he was just eating strikes, eating leg kicks the entire fight from both stances. And good leg kicks as well, not just touch and go, just brutal leg kicks. And once he f was forced to switch stances, you knew that meant his movement was compromised. And again, that means he, that meant he wasn't able to um, pressure as much and wasn't able to counter as much, which meant Volkanovski was free to land more leg kicks once he was the pressure got relieved. So, uh, yeah, it sucks that Holloway won lost, but Volkanovski definitely won this fight. I don't really think there's an argument for Holloway winning. Volkanovski did far more damage. You just need to look at Holloway's legs to see that. Um, I think he was, Holloway was saying that he thought he won the fight, but he's accepting the outcome. I don't know. I just thought it was a pretty dominant performance. Holloway might have stole one or two rounds here, but Volkanovski definitely, definitely won three rounds here. But yeah, disappointing here. Volkanovski, there's no clear number one contender at the moment. I guess we have this Edgar Ch uh, Korean zombie fight that could be a number one contender fight, but I don't know, that doesn't feel quite right to me. You have this hopeful Yair versus Zabit fight, maybe. That could be a number one contender fight for Volk. I don't want to see Holloway with an immediate rematch. Um, but I also don't know who he would fight. I don't really know who's available, to be honest with you. But yeah, it sucks. It really sucks to see Holloway lose. He's one and two now, right? He lost to Poirier and then beat Edgar. Obviously, no shame in losing to those two guys. Volkanovski's clearly super, super legit. Um, Holloway, again, he tried to turn it up in the fifth round, but Volkanovski had the cardio, and he was able to avoid anything big. And yeah, good for him, man. He deserved it. He really did. Then, of course, we have our main event. Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington. Welterweight title fight. And, of course, two probably the best wrestlers in the division. And there is not a single takedown in this fight. But they beat the living shit out of each other in this fight. Covington was not able to pressure Usman in the way he usually pressures people. He still had dec decent volume. I think the significant strikes are pretty equal. But Usman's strikes were way more significant. Though, again, Covington did do way more damage in this fight. Or not, sorry, he did not do way more damage. He landed some good shots, 
but Usman landed more good shots, and I think that won him the fight here. He got the stoppage with a few seconds left in the fight. I think it was less than a minute. Um, a lot of people were complaining about the stoppage. And I'm kind of, I could go either way on it because Covington was probably not going to get out of that position with Usman sprawling on him and hitting him with punches. But also, he was not eating a lot of punches from that position. Um, he had his arms in a good spot. He had his head kind of hanging under Usman's crotch in a way that in a way that's really hard to land good punches so couldn't advance and was clearly hurt but also wasn't eating a lot of punches probably could have let it go on um but anyway he, Usman got the stoppage here um broke his jaw in the third round I believe Usman broke Covington's jaw with a straight right hand I believe it was just straight down the pipe and that punch was there all night his right hand was there Usman was switching stances looked pretty good from both stances actually and yeah looked good good striking again i wish we just would have saw at least one takedown but oh well um yeah oh, just this was a really fun fight it's not a fight i would recommend watching it again um because two wrestlers striking is not the most entertaining thing it's just um two half decent strikers punching each other but <laughs> it was fun though i i really enjoyed watching this fight super hyped to see covington get knocked out again i try not to be that way with fighters because they go through a lot but just super not a fan of covington's shtick and usman's power won in this fight again i wish i would have just we would have just seen one takedown here from covington his corner was actually calling for one i believe covington's was because he was getting lit up in the later rounds um, Usman really turned it up in the fifth round, and I would have just liked to see Covington go duck down, not even commit to a takedown, just um, remind Usman that the threat was there. But um, Covington's not even really a power double type of guy, so probably wouldn't have even worked. Um, apparently, one of the judges had it for Covington. I rewatched this fight. I don't think there's really a way you can score it for the rounds to be four to one to Covington. Um, in that case, it probably, yeah, well, Covington would have won because that last round was definitely a 10-8 for Usman. So then Covington would have won 40, what, 48-46, something like that. Whatever, either way. That's going to do it for UFC 245. Again, probably my favorite card of the year. Super, super fun. If you haven't watched it, definitely do so. Honestly, you can just spin a wheel and pick any of these fights and it'd be great. Um... But you had some great knockouts. You had Ketlin Vieira versus Irene Aldana. Huge left hook. You had Jeff Neal versus Mike Perry. Um, Jan versus Fabro was a great performance. Maurice versus Aldo was great back and forth. Um, all the title fights were pretty exciting. Nunez's was probably the least exciting of the three just because it was kind of old school UFC wrestle, lay, and pray. She didn't even land that much ground and pound. She actually did in the third or fourth round. I think it was the third round. She was landing good ground and pound. I thought there was going to be a stoppage in the next round, but Durandami hung in there. Holloway versus Volkanovski was probably the least exciting fight based on just damage done, but was exciting just because we have, we have never seen Holloway looked, look so human. Another thing that I really liked about this card was all three of these title fights were number one contenders fighting the champion. No, nothing 
this funky was going on. You didn't have any Dan Henderson's fighting Michael Bisping's in the title fight. You had Amanda Nunes versus number one contender during the randomly. Max Holloway versus number one contender Alexander Volkanovsky. Kamar Usman versus number one contender and former interim belt holder Colby Covington. So really happy about that. Some of these divisions finally got some closure here. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for UFC 245, man. Great card. Excellent card. Probably the best one of the year that I watched. I can't really think of one. The one, I can't remember which one it was, but the one with Poirier, Holloway 2, and Gaslam Adesanya, that one's a great card as well. And then there was one where Nate Diaz came back against Pettis, and there was a Romero Costa fight. Those are the only two cards that really gave this one a run for its money. But I think the fact that you had three title fights that were fun to watch, and the rest of the card was amazing, that gives this card the edge. Card of the year right here. And of course, then we'll move on to this week's news. Um, Tim Means re-signed with the UFC. He just KO'd Tiago Alves last week here. So that's fun. He's 38, though. So getting older, we don't know how many fights it was, but go for him, make some money. You had a, your first UFC 248 fight announced. The co-main event is going to be Wiley Zhang versus Ioana Janjajek. Interesting here to see Ioana get another title shot. Of course, she's only lost to the best of the best, so it's fair. She's just coming off her win over Michelle Waterson, where she put on an absolute clinic. Um, but yeah, that should be a fun fight. Wiley Zhang just has so much power. And Yun Chick is super, super technical, so that should be a fun one. Um, Rory McDonald left for PFL um, after losing his welterweight title in Bellator to Douglas Lima. We talked about that fight a few weeks ago um, to close out the welterweight tournament here. And yeah, he's going to go to PFL now. Hopefully he does well. It's really hard to see him. He's declined pretty hard. He is pretty young, though. He's only 30, but it's still pretty rough. Um, Neil Magny versus Li Jingling, I think is how you say it, set for March 7th. That should be a fun one. Um, Neil Magny is coming off of a suspension. Oh, that's going to be on UFC 240 as well. There you go. That's your second fight. Um, but Neil Magny got one of those tainted supplement suspensions. He got, he was suspended for three months and now he's back. This should be his first fight back since then. What else we got? We got Megan Anderson versus Norma Dumont. We finally have another women's featherweight fight. Really, who cares? I just figured I'd tell you guys because any women's featherweight fight is news, apparently. <laughs> um, Cody Garbrandt has a new fight versus Rafael Asunso. This is going to be from March 28th. So this is uh, UFC on ESPN 8. And the other fight on this card, that's probably going to be... Yeah, so... Asunso versus Garbrandt is going to be the co-main. Kind of surprising to see Garbrandt in a co-main slot after losing three in a row, but whatever. Um, you had Francis Ngannou versus Jairzinho Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck, however you say it. That should be interesting, <laughs> given that Rosenstruck jumped from ranked 14 to ranked 5 after not losing to Overeem. And that's really all you can say about it. I mean, Overeem won that, was going to win that fight. Probably 49-46. Probably before getting a knockout with four seconds left, just for Overeem decided to lose his, drop his hands. I don't think he should get this fight against the number two ranked heavyweight. Are you kidding me? Whatever. I guess they needed a main event here for UFC on ESPN 8. And Nganu probably finally resigning um, DC versus Stipe. 
the trilogy is supposed to be signed now. I don't know if that's official yet. Um, so that's why I haven't talked about it on the podcast. I might have talked about it last week, actually, but, but yeah, Ngannou has to stay busy or he's just going to get leapfrogged here. Um, then we also have Jimmy Rivera versus Marlon Chido Vera. Should be a fun fight. Chido Vera is finally getting the step up in competition he deserves. He is, I think, on a seven-fight finishing streak, or maybe it was five fights, but Rivera is one in three in his last four, though he's only lost a top competition. His losses are Peter Jan, Sterling, Moraes, so top of the division there. Those are all top five, top six fighters. And he also has some decent wins. He beat um, Dodson, Thomas Almeida, Uri Faber, um, Pedro Munoz. So those are some good wins. So it'll be nice to see where Chino Vera fits in with the division because Rivera is a pretty established guy. And that's going to be on February 8th, which is UFC 247. So right now on UFC 247, you have John Jones, Dominic Reyes, Shevchenko, Caitlin Shukajian, how do you say that? Lewis versus Latifi. Um, those are kind of the best ones in this fight as well. And then, of course, January 18th, you have UFC 246. And again, this is this weekend is going to be our last card. Um, so the schedule for the next few weeks. I'm going to do a show next week recapping, um, what is it? Fight Night 165 for this coming weekend and then we're going to do news that week as well and then we're going to do an end of the year show probably release january 30th where i release talk about my favorite cards favorite fights favorite knockouts favorite fighters we're going to do all that sort of a year-end wrap-up show for 2019 tie a nice bow around it and then we're going to have i think two two weeks before two or three cards or two or three shows before any UFC events. Um, we'll see if there's any good news coming out. If there is some news, I'll talk about that. Um, the Bellator events don't seem super noteworthy, but we might talk about those. Or if it's a pretty slow week, I might just not release a show at all, but we'll see. Um, but January 16th, we'll be back, I believe, um, with a preview for UFC 246 for sure. So you'll see me then for sure. Um, but yeah, let's move on to that UFC 160, UFC Fight Night 165 card, UFC on ESPN plus 23. Um, you had a little bit of drama here a few weeks ago. Ryan Ortega partially tore his ACL. He's going to not need surgery for that, which is good. But Frankie Edgar is going to replace him, which puts Corey Sanhagen out of a fight. They were going to fight on, I believe it was UFC 246, but whatever. In this fight you have, we'll start from the bottom here from the card. You have Said Nurmagomedov. Who I believe is Habib's cousin, versus Rayoni Barcelos. Um, both guys are on good win streaks here. Quite similar records, actually. Both only have one loss. Said is actually the underdog here, plus 135 to Barcelos' is 165. Should be a fun fight. Should be interesting. Um, he's actually pretty tall for Bantamweight. He's 5'8", so... And obviously he's going to have great wrestling. I think he actually has pretty decent kickboxing as well. And it'll be interesting to see him against a more established bantamweight here. Next up, you have Alexandre Pantoja versus Matt Schnell. Flyweight fight here. Should be a fun one. Um, Pantoja's a fun one. He just lost to Davison Figueredo. That was a really fun fight. Schnell's kind of an up-and-comer, it looks like, in featherweight. So is Pantoja. So that should be a fun one. And of course, because this card is in Korea, you have three... Koreans here. You have a few more sprinkled throughout, but you also have Cyril Gon fighting in this card. 
which I'm super excited for. You know, I love me some Cyril Gon. He's 5-0 and now. Is he three wins in the UFC? Two wins in the UFC, but they were both super dominant. Two submission wins, actually. Um, he's the minus 700 favorite, which is just huge. 83-inch reach on him. Massive. And yeah, super excited to watch him. He's fighting Tanner Bozer, who... Actually, both these guys are with quick turnarounds. Cyril Gon just fought two months ago, and Tanner Bozer just fought... Yeah, two months ago as well, against Daniel Spitz. I remember that being a super boring fight. But yeah, I think we talked about both these guys on the podcast before. So I think that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, that quick two-month turnaround really getting him that shine. Um, then we have Doho Choi versus Charles Air Jordan, which is a horrible name, but whatever. Um, it really sucks that... So Koreans, I think, have to do two years mandatory military service. Um... We'll talk about it with Korean Zombie as well, but Doho Choi hasn't fought in two years now. And since the, previous to that, he hadn't fought in a year. Previous to that, it's been two years since he fought. So he's only 28 years old, um, so he's still got lots of time to develop. But this guy, Doho Choi, his fights are always super exciting. He is currently on a two-fight losing streak, but he's heavily or moderately favored against Charles Jourdain here. Um. He's lost to Jeremy Stevens and Cub Swanson. Fine losses. And T- Stevens actually TKO'd him, which is insanely hard to do. Duho Choi has an insane chin and works the body really nicely. He's always so entertaining. Um, Charles Jourdain lost to Des Green, who a uh, certified piece of shit. But anyway, <laughs> um, he's on. That was his first fight in the UFC, and he's, so he's 0 1 in the UFC. 9-2 overall. Should be a win for Duho Choi. I don't see much of a... I don't know anything about Charles Jordan, but Des Green beat the shit out of him, so we'll see. And then we have Vulcan Uzdemir versus Alexander Rakic. This is a light heavyweight fight. Uh, Rakic is on a pretty decent winning streak here. Just KO'd um, Jimmy Manawa hard. That was a brutal KO head kick that basically retired him. Yeah, Rakic is on a quick rise here. He's 4-0 in the UFC. Rakic just came off a win over Ilir Latifi. But previous to that was on a three-fight losing streak. But even then, those were wins against... Those were losses to Daniel Cormier, Anthony Smith, Dominic Reyes. So, top, top competition. This is a huge step up, though, for Rakic, obviously. Mano was kind of a top 12 fighter, I would say. Or was at the time. And so winning him means you can be in that realm. means you have a pretty good chin because Mano has good power. One punch, bro, you know. Um, but yeah, this should be a fun one. Um, sucks it's a co-main. It's kind of weak. But it should still be a fun fight. Um, then we have the main event. We have Chan Sung Jung, Korean Zombie, versus Frankie Edgar. Um, so both these guys, same record in the last five, three and two. Um, Korean Zombie obviously lost that fight to Yair last second, literally, and then lost to Jose Aldo. Crazy, that fight was six years ago. This is what I'm saying here. So, Chen Sung Jung is now fighting fairly regularly, every six months-ish. Previous to that, let's see, let's go. So his last fight was six months ago, then a year and one month ago, and then two years and ten months ago, and then six and a half years ago. So he had almost three and a half year gap that's insane 
yeah, he won that comeback, comeback fight over Dennis Bermudez, which is actually a pretty good fight to win as well. Um, Frankie Edgar coming off to lo- that loss over Max Holloway, obviously. Um, previous to that, he has wins over Cub Swanson, knocked out by Brian Ortega. And this should be a fun one. Um, Edgar has a hell of a chin, obviously. He's 38 years old now, which is pretty crazy. Um, this should be a fun fight. There's really not much to say here. This is kind of just a classic matchup here. Two super established featherweights who I'm surprised haven't fought before, to be honest with you. Korean Zombie has good takedown defense. Um, so does Edgar. So I expect to be standing mostly. Edgar might get some knee taps here if he can get the entry. Um, Korean Zombie's quite a bit bigger, though. Um, but to be honest with you, I don't have a lot invested in this fight here. I was really looking forward to Ortega fighting, and I'm still kind of bummed out about that. Um, Korean Zombie's pretty heavily favored, and I could see that. I could see him landing the better punches here, and just doing more damage to Edgar, and Edgar struggling with the range here. They're actually pretty similar heights, same reach, but, um, um, Chan Sung Jung is going to be the bigger fighter here. And, yeah, honestly, not a great card coming up here. I'm not really looking forward to it that much, especially because it's so early in the morning. I'm going to have to watch it afterwards. Um, yeah, you can start watching it on Friday. That's tomorrow, really, tomorrow night. Um, so I'm surprised Cyril Gunn is still on in the prelims here. I think on the last card he wasn't, but I love the quick turnarounds here. Um, and, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode, guys. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I hope the card is great and have a happy holidays. I'll see you guys next weekend. Um, that episode will be out on Christmas then. I might release it a little bit early. Actually, it'll be the day after Christmas. Um, but yeah, have a great weekend guys and peace out.